Welcome back to the American Pipeline podcast uh, presented by the Hockey News, BetMGM, and McKinney Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. This is Sydney Wall. Sydney, how are you doing? It is very snowy where I am here in central Minnesota. We've gotten a lot of snow over the past two days. It looks really pretty, uh, but it's definitely interesting driving on the roads right now. So I don't know how it is where you guys are, but we definitely are in a winter wonderland where I am right now. So it's starting to feel a little Christmassy, wintry, that sort of stuff. It is... It should be snowy here if it wasn't like if it if if it was below zero, but instead we're having what it looks like to be a hailstorm. I think oh, I, like any thunder, right, thunder snow, yeah, something like that. See, the window is right behind where we like my laptop where oh, okay. I record, and yeah. so I'm looking out, and it has been raining sideways all day, and then at certain points it, it looks like heavier snow coming in, and then and then at other certain points it looks like the the droplets are more solid. I, needless to say, I haven't been outside yet. So. How delightful. Yeah, that sounds so nice. Just I decided, rain, yeah. snow mix. How nice. <laughs> I decided to make this an indoor work day. Um, good idea. Good, but it is uh, it is nuts. And we're supposed to be hit with a, with a pretty big storm. I think it's I think the temperatures are going to dip and we're going to get like a ton of snow. But right now it is like treacherous outside. Like no yeah. one has been outside. It's, yeah. it's nuts. <laughs> um, but in here, the takes are hot. Uh, it's going to be great. Why don't we start with the World Junior A Challenge USA? Uh, it's a big tournament, and the USA won the pre their pre-tournament game against Canada East six to one. Yeah, so they played a, a couple of games now. Thought we would just talk about some of the the top performers so far, but it's almost over now. Looking at all the schedules and all that kind of stuff, but they won the pre-tournament game. That game doesn't really mean anything, but they still sort of keep track of who did what. Um, but they won the pre-tournament game. Garrett Shivsky has had a couple of nice games for USA so far. I think he had two goals, one assist that game. He's had pretty good numbers in the USHL too. So he's kind of one of those players to maybe keep an eye on as he makes the move into college and all that stuff. He might be a, a big player in the next few years. Uh, he's 19 years old. I think he typically is a center, but he might have gone under the radar because he's a little bit smaller. I think he's around 5'9", 174. So maybe some people haven't you know, taking him as serious if, if you're a little bit smaller. Sometimes those guys get looked over, but I believe he's committed to Michigan and he's had really good numbers. And then Tanner Lidke, uh, who we've talked a little bit about on the show, he's also a, a Minnesotan. He had a shorty in that game and a, definitely a name to watch for the draft. He's at a point per game right now for Lincoln in the USHL. Uh, and he's been really electric this year in, in junior hockey. Very, very cool. All right. Uh, uh, speaking of, <clears throat> Sorry, speaking of um, um, the USA, they lost their first preliminary game to Canada West, though, 5-3. to three. Yeah, so Canada East, one type of game. Mm -hmm. Canada West, <laughs> another type of game. But they did lose that one. Uh, one player I heard a lot of people talking about, I think you say his last name, Knubel, Cole Knubel, Knubel. Uh, he was named player like of the Mike game. Knubel, right? Yeah, and player of the game, I heard he had a nice shorthanded goal. Uh, I think he's at over a point per game with Fargo right now in the USHL and juniors. So he's been kind of lighting it up this year. And last I heard, I think he was a Notre Dame commit. So he's another one of those players to kind of watch here as they start playing really well in juniors. And likely a lot of these players who do really well, I assume, are going to head off to college next year. So just some names to follow in, in the American pipeline as they keep advancing and likely go off to college next year. Absolutely. All right. And then obviously... They won their next game. And not by obviously, I mean, hopefully they, they bounce back the U.S. They won the next game against Sweden. They shut them out three nothing. So we've seen uh, some rotation and goal, too, for this uh, tournament between Jacob Fowler and Christian Manns. Uh, I think they both played like one full game and then they split another game. I think they've kind of just been 
going with whoever, but Fowler has been a pretty good goaltender in the USHL. I think he's with Youngstown uh, and, and is a Boston College commit, and Mance has been good as well in the USHL, and he's actually going to be playing for Augustana next year. They're, they're brand new Division One program which is going to be cool to see uh, some new college hockey programs here coming up. I heard Schiffsky played well again. I heard a lot of talk about Gavin Lindbergh. He plays for Waterloo of the USHL and will play for Colorado College in the future. So a couple more names starting to pop up as the, as the tournament goes on. Absolutely. All right. And then they beat Canada East again, 7-2. to two. Big performance there. Yeah, another big one. And they already played Canada East in a, in a big game like we talked about in that pre-tournament game, but it didn't technically really mean anything. So they did it. Finally, and there was a ton of names of people that I heard were talking about the, the prospects on this team. Quinn Finley, we've talked about plenty. He's been having a great year. Sam Renzel, who first round pick this past year of, of Chicago. Max Swanson's been lighting it up uh, in the USHL, and he's had a good performance as well. Just a lot of guys getting getting into this game. I think I also heard a lot of talk about Livinovich, Maddox Fleming, Polkamp, who I think was our player of the week last week or one of them, something mm-hmm. like that, in, in past weeks. Uh, St. Louis and then Pelota Chuck, I think is how you say his name. But there's a lot of players getting into this game, obviously with the 7-2 to win. Uh, you get a lot of goals, you get a lot of tallies and a lot of points. So I'm sure a lot of these guys want to get as much hype around their name as you can because you want to be lighting it up at this tournament and having a really good performance. So people start to know your name a little bit better. Absolutely right. Then they have their last preliminary game this week against Latvia. Uh, and then the semis and championships are this weekend. So it's coming up. Yeah, so we'll sort of see how everything ends up going here and over the next few days, just because America's done pretty well. But uh, that Canada West team seems like they had a pretty good game against the U.S. Uh, a couple couple days ago. So that might be a game to watch out for if they meet up again. But I think it, it all wraps up this weekend. I think if I'm not mistaken, the semis are on Saturday and I think the final games are on Sunday or something like that. It's been moving pretty quickly. So if you got anything, you know, if you don't have anything to do this weekend, I think there's a couple of those games uh, being broadcast. And then the USA has their one last preliminary game. We're recording this on Thursday. I think mm-hmm. they play on Friday. So this might during that time but i assume the u.s would beat latvia again there still obviously is possibility for upset but i assume the u.s would win that one but then we have uh sort of the end of the tournament coming up this weekend absolutely all right coming up next though it's the world Juniors. it's another it's a it's another uh international tournament pretty big one too obviously the world juniors like i said myself and ryan kennedy from the hockey news we will be there to cover it um but there there are going to be a couple players uh, that we won't be able to see there on, on Team USA. And that is Cam Lund, Will Smith, and Aiden Hreschuk uh, were the final World Junior rosters cuts. And of those three, I think the biggest, I would say somewhat surprised, or at least most notable one is Will Smith, who is a top, uh, he's a top sort of draft eligible player this year. Yeah, so those were the first couple of cuts. I still believe they have quite they have a, a few more left, to yeah. make because the prelim roster was pretty big. And I think a lot of other countries still have some some cuts to make here too. So we're starting to start that process of narrowing things down and the U S had a pretty big one. So they have quite a few more still, but they did release Cam Lund, Will Smith and Aiden Reshuk. I think we talked about Reshuk uh, a couple episodes ago. I think he was a, I think it was like a Columbus or a Carolina draft pick. One of the two, mm-hmm. I can't remember, but one of the metropolitan teams that we talked about. Uh, and I think he was, he's usually one of those players that's kind of on the cusp. Like he gets the invite to the camp, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think last time he was one of those players too that was was really close but didn't quite 
make the cut. So he's been really close. Cam Lund, obviously a good player, but he got cut. And then Will Smith. But I did hear from a, a couple of people through the grapevine that it sounded like Smith was like sick for part mm-hmm, of the camp was, or yeah. something. So it sounds like that's not necessarily like something to look too deep into because it sounds like he might not have been able to participate in all of the things they were doing, which sucks if you're a player and you get this huge chance and you know, you get sick or something like that. I mean, I feel bad whenever that happens to people and you're not able to Mm -hmm. perform at the level you want or even perform at all, but he still has plenty more chances. He's still a really young player. So hopefully he'll have plenty more or at least a handful more tournaments. He might be able to make the roster for this, but those were the three so far that have been released. Again, we still have quite a few more that the U S is going to have to go through and a lot of the other countries too. So Lund, Smith and Reshuk are the three that were released uh, earlier this week. I'm not the most connected guy in the world, but I did hear a, a bit about Will Smith. And basically he was already on the bubble heading into to camp. You know, it was like, gotcha, you, know, you, gotta, yeah. you gotta fight this. And then he was sick basically for all of all of uh, camp. Couldn't earn a spot. And basically what they said is like, look, it's unfortunate, but you'll be back next year. You'll yeah. be a leader on the team next year. Um, and so it's, we see this happening with, with young guys all the time, you know, like maybe in their, in their pre-draft year, you know, they lose out and they come back next, the next year. And they're, you know, like a prominent, prong role and also if you don't make the team that's fine tyler sagan never made team canada you know like there's they're big uh they're big names that were unfortunately never able to suit up for their country in this tournament and have gone on to have swimming success so it might be sort of okay too because i'm sure the u.s staff is already probably having a tough time cutting the roster down because mm-hmm. there's quite a few guys that i think are of a similar level so depepending on what type of team you want you might take one guy or the over the other but it's really tight so i think they're like well maybe if this kid already was on the bubble, he's sick, so we didn't get to see that much of him. Then that might just make their decision a little easier, which, yeah, like you said, he's got plenty of time still to to perform well in, in the next and try and make the team in the next few years. And usually they just they take age as the tiebreaker. They go, like, yeah. all right, if these two guys are like Super basically young. neck and neck, we'll take the older guy. The other guy, the, the younger guy will have his chance next year. And that seems to be what's happening here. But crazy stuff. All right. Now, you know, we go we always go through some USHL transactions, but um. Uh, there have been some some interesting things going on in the USHL. Let's start with uh, Jake Ratzlaff and his situation. Yeah, so this was super interesting. I think this news broke like earlier this week or this weekend. Very odd situation. So for anyone who might not be familiar with that name, Jake Ratzlaff is a player from Minnesota who seems like he was a really, really good athlete at, at multiple sports in high school when he was younger. Uh, originally, I believe he was committed to play hockey at Minnesota, but he was mm-hmm. also a super, super good football player, uh, American football. Um, and he ended up actually committing to Wisconsin to, p- to play Division One football instead. So he decided to give up hockey and go play football in college. Uh, but he was really good at all these sports. Apparently, he was a, a really athletic kid. He's a really big guy. I think he's like a linebacker in football. So he's like a he's a he's a big dude, but he's really athletic. And so he's been at Wisconsin these past two years. I don't I don't think he's played in many games. I think it was one or two. Uh, but then just recently, uh, it was the Madison Capitals added him to their USHL roster. So people were kind of like, "Is wait, is this the same?" Jake Ratzleff that has been playing division one football the past two years, because he has this season technically left of junior eligibility. So what he's doing is basically, it sounds like he's not going to be playing football from here on out. From what I've heard, I'm not 
quite sure. I assume now that he's playing hockey again, he's probably not playing football. It sounded like he was having issues with his hips or something mm-hmm. like that that was affecting his his football career. So instead, now he's been uh, with Madison playing a couple of games, a big defender that had a lot of hype around him a couple of years ago. So we'll sort of see. I mean, he has a couple months to try and earn, earn a commitment because after this season, he doesn't have any junior eligibility left. But it seems really odd that, you know, you'd be super talented at two sports. You go play one. Maybe it's not working out for you because of injuries or something else. And then you haven't played competitive hockey in a long time. I think it's been like a year and a half, two years, something like that. And now he's back in the USHL trying to earn a a Division One commitment. So he was a player that was really good at, at one point in his career. So we'll see if he can bring that back. But I thought that was a really interesting story. And a lot of people were really surprised to see him uh just appear randomly on a ushl roster so i thought that was really interesting oh absolutely like it's 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 nuts he's like the the russell wilson or kyler murray you know of hockey where you know he has to choose between these two sports it's it's pretty remarkable and he like it's funny because ryan kennedy and i were talking about this um the other day he told me all about this situation and uh and basically he is like he's huge and i I would say linebacker is Maybe the biggest you can get you're like a big player, but you also have to be like athletic. You like have to you be can mobile. just be it's not like you're on like the, the offensive, the offensive line, line or something. Yeah, yeah. you got you gotta be mobile but big. So I would yeah, I would say linebacker is probably as big as you can get for a football position to still be able to like compete in hockey, you know? Like it's yeah. But I that, think he said he was like trying to get back into hockey shape, which I can't even imagine after I not, can't even, yeah. Well, maybe he was skating. I don't know for a while. I, I guess I'm not sure. Maybe this has been in his mind, but really interesting. We'll see if any um, teams decide to commit him because, like we said, he was a he was a really solid prospect back in the day, but he ended up deciding to pick another sport. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that. I thought that was super interesting, but a couple of other just interesting transactions. There's quite a few trades this week in the USHL. Um, as we near the winter, I think there's only one injured reserve news. I saw Cole Helm of Dubuque was added to added to IR. So hopefully that's nothing that's too long-term, but then obviously we just talked about Jake Radsleff added to the roster. I assume he's going to be playing with Madison for the rest of the season. It sounds like that's his plan. Um, there was a couple big trades. Nick Pierre of Sioux city was traded to Cedar Rapids. He also had some interesting news. He was previously a Wisconsin commit, but just flipped it this last week to Merrimack. So he just recently mm-hmm. uh, had some changes in his career. And then a couple of other trades, Ethan Fredericks of Des Moines to Muskegon and Peyton Nelson of Muskegon, Muskegon to Des Moines. And then two other ones. I'm not sure if we talked about these already, but Andon Serbone of Omaha to Youngstown. And then I believe Reese Laubach, who's a draft pick, I think of San Jose, uh, traded Youngstown to Omaha. So a couple of players going here and there. Usually we only have one or two to talk about on the show, but uh, we had quite a few this past week. So definitely some interesting roster news, some trades, all that good stuff. But a lot of teams, I feel like if if it's the middle of the year now, you probably know what your roster needs and you're starting to look to trade for those key pieces you need here heading into the new year. Absolutely. All right, let's take a look at your player to watch of the week. It's John Waldron of of uh, University of Miami, Ohio. That's a bit of a tongue twister there, but yeah, Miami, so- Ohio. Sometimes people, when you just say Miami, if I just say Miami, people are like Miami hockey. It's like, well, Miami, Ohio. Ohio, so just, yeah. There's yeah, that, just great, that great scene that in the in office there. where Kelly Kapoor is, uh, you know, she marries someone <laughs> who then gets apparently gets a job at a university at Ohio. And so she gives away all her all her winter coats. And she's like, I'm not going to need these anymore. I'm going to going to Miami. 
Turns out it's Miami, Ohio. Yeah. So that's the one we're talking about. That's the one we're talking about. (laughs) But it would be cool if Miami, the city, got hockey. That would be cool. But yeah, this is Miami, Ohio. And uh, John Waldron, kind of an interesting story. Unfortunately for myself as a St. Cloud fan, they kicked Miami's butt night one, night two, lost five rip, which was Mm. strange. But John Waldron, uh, freshman that I didn't really know anything about. He had four goals this weekend and... I think it was a natural hat trick, if I'm remembering right, in, in game number one. He was pretty electric, I got to be honest. And it sounds like he was hurt to start the year or some, some sort of injury or something. So maybe that's why people weren't really looking out for him as much because he wasn't playing right away. But since then, he's had 11 points in 14 games. He's from Illinois. He's got pretty good size, six foot one freshman. And I think last year he had almost a point per game I think so he seems like he's going to be a pretty good prospect for Miami Ohio which typically hasn't been the strongest team in college hockey the past couple of years but maybe they can get some sparks from from him and some I don't know just some hype from him and follow that and uh, keep getting some big wins because they had a big win over St. Cloud in game two this past weekend so keep an eye on him he had a really great uh, weekend four goals and yeah keep an eye on john waldron he he looked absolutely electric this weekend well the fact that he's uh he's your player to watch i mean that's pretty it's pretty big like that you know you get some there's some very it's a very you know reputable honor i think and a lot of so the fact that he made it pretty incredible all right team to watch is quinnipiac did i say it correctly always yeah the hard one to say but yes okay the entire time we've been doing the show i've been trying to say quinnipiac it's like the weirdest yeah one i say quinnipiac just look at it and they're like i don't know what this is like i've never heard of this like unless you live maybe near quinnipiac then maybe you know how to say it but especially for me in the midwest i had never heard of quinnipiac a few years ago but now it's here quinnipiac is your team to watch of the week why yeah. is that? So normally I like to pick the underdog teams for team to watch, but this week I feel like I had to give a little love to Quinnipiac because mm-hmm. when you're looking at the polls right now, it's kind of like, is there a clear number one? I don't know. Minnesota's usually been up there. Denver's been up there, but Quinnipiac has quietly been 14, one and three and all other teams in the top five have had four or five losses now. So I'm kind of like, Hmm, like maybe Quinnipiac, should be possibly higher. I know their schedule isn't the same as some of these other schools that play really tough games week to week, but they only have one loss. I mean, that loss was kind of bad. It was to Maine and it was 4-0. But at this point, the season's been so chaotic for everybody that everyone has had a bad loss now. Like, I feel like every team in college hockey has had a bad loss this year. Like, just one that they want to forget. Um, but, you know, I don't really think that's that bad. And they've been led by Colin Graff, who's been an awesome transfer from Union. I don't know why all the Union transfers have been doing super well this year. Um, I know Sidorsky for North Dakota, I think, was their Union transfer. has been uh, a good defenseman. And Dylan Anhorn went to St. Cloud. He's been great. So a lot of the transfers from Union lighten it up this year, which I didn't really see coming. But he's been great for Quinnipiac. Sam Lipkin, who we'll talk about a little later in the show with uh draft picks of arizona he's been good and then a couple other players as well and then their goaltender Peretz, he's been really solid these past few years i mean he's at a point nine one eight save percentage 1.82 goals against average they've been really good so i think if quinnipiac can keep just winning and not losing they only have one loss then i feel like eventually in the next few weeks they're gonna have to be the number one team because everybody mm-hmm. is slowly losing one here and there and they literally have one loss so they have a couple weird ties but they've been able to win for the most part. They only got one loss. Watch out for Quinnipiac because I think they're not getting enough sort of hype right now 
um, even though they're high in the polls, but I think they could be number one. So just keep your eye on them. I think it's very bold of you to say that if a team continues to win instead of lose, uh, that they'll start. Yeah, you would respect, think that you know? that's not a bold, uh, bold opinion, but you know, with all the different polls and opinions and pairwise, there's so many opinions in college hockey. But if they can keep it going and not lose another game in the next few weeks, I feel like they have to be number one. Now, it's like right say, or no? Why would you say something so controversial and yet so brave? You know, because then there might be a completely different team at number one. So I mm-hmm. don't even know how to predict the polls at this point this year. I'm Absolutely just not even going to try anymore. <laughs> well, we have we have a couple miscellaneous topics just to hit before we go into the central division for our prospect roundup. Why don't, why don't you? We start off with Clarkson forward Brendan Burr. Yeah. So this one I just saw some of these bits of news today not going to talk about it too long but he's been added to a bchl roster which is where i think he played juniors before he went to college mm-hmm. he played nine games for clarkson but now he's listed as as back playing with the bulldogs in the in the bchl so it sounds like he can only play juniors the rest of the season and then he ages out so i'm not sure if he's planning on returning back to clarkson or if he's going to be looking for other college opportunities that's kind of interesting and then a second one ryan st louis who's in dubuque having a having a good season uh, he did play a year with Northeastern, but it sounds like he is looking to play NCAA possibly somewhere else. So that is definitely interesting. And we will see if he commits somewhere else in the next few months. Um, because from what I've heard through the grapevine, it sounds like he's likely not going back to Northeastern. And keep in mind that this is the son of Martin St. Louis. So it's yes. pretty, pretty big, big name, big name, big name. All right. Arizona Coyotes. We're starting off the central division. And uh, with our prospect roundups, let's take a look at the prospects that are in the the uh, the Arizona Coyotes. In the, There's a lot. In the American Pipeline. <laughs> they have a ton. Um, and let's start with the cream of the crop. Third overall pick from this last year's draft, Logan Cooley of Minnesota. So I feel like we've talked about Logan Cooley a lot this year for good reason. He was a top draft pick. He's he's an elite player. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about would Logan Cooley return for, you know, second college season or is he going to go pro after this year? And I feel like he's really turned it up recently. He's really like taken it up another notch recently, which he's really young and he's playing in college hockey against a lot of older guys. So I think sometimes it just takes guys a, a couple of games to really get back to the scoring pace they're used to. But he's been awesome lately. Uh, He's had a lot of really great goals. Um, he's always been good this season, but recently I feel like he's just been on another level, which is why he was such a high draft pick this year. But he's up to 25 points in 19 games played now. Um, we'll see if World Juniors at all impacts anything with college and and all that stuff because that whole process can disrupt things sometimes. But he's been really elite and he's been a big reason why I think Minnesota is consistently high in the polls, even though they have a couple of losses because they have players like Cooley who are game changers and can instantly change the game and, and score points when they need to. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to Sam Lipkin from Quinnipiac, your team to watch for this week. Yeah, so that's why I didn't want to talk about their players too much when mm-hmm. we just mentioned Quinnipiac. Um, but Lipkin has been one of their top scorers this year. He's six foot two, so a pretty big guy. Nineteen years old, pretty young from Philadelphia. Was actually one of those seventh round picks, so kind of a gamble. But he's been a really good seventh round pick lately because he's at over a point per game. I think he has nineteen and eighteen. Um, and Quinnipiac has been really good this year. Obviously, they've only lost one game. So he's been doing really good for a seventh round pick, honestly. And of, for Chicago last year in the USHL, 
before he went to college. He was over a point per game, really solid points production. I think, honestly, he's going to be a, a kind of a steal of a seventh-round pick. Absolutely. I mean, look, the fact that he's a seventh-round pick, like, you look at his numbers, insane. Like, it's it, – I, I can't believe – like, he's – the thing is, like, I wonder why he went in the seventh round because he's not small. Usually, like, the small guys, they drop because teams are, you know, they're still uh, heightest, if you will. Yeah. Um, but this guy, he's 6'2". You know, he's had great numbers pretty much everywhere he goes. Uh, it's, 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 I mean, if you're getting this guy in the so seventh kind round. Kind of a steal, yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're Arizona. So that's, that was a good, good move by them, honestly. Not bad. All right, let's go to nepotism. Um, Josh <laughs> Doan. What a shock. The Arizona Coyotes selected Josh yes. Doan. Hmm, what a I shocker. wonder why. That really, and not only that, but he plays for ASU. Uh, yeah. They picked him in the second round, which is uh, pretty, pretty insane. Um, so yeah, he's, he's like the Arizona guy now. He is. I mean, <laughs> personally, would I like want to be so tied to my parents with my, when it comes to my employment, I don't know. That's just me personally. Um, but you know, he's in the same organization that his dad was, uh, you know, like the, I, I believe he's the all time leading scorer of if you, if you, you know, you just strictly look at their time yeah. as the Arizona, or Arizona slash Phoenix coyotes, second round pick. He wears this. He's, he's the captain for ASU again. Wonder how he got that. Um, but, uh, apparently he's a solid prospect. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's got tons of ties to Arizona and he goes to Arizona state. So he's just like the Arizona guy now, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool though, to have Arizona have like a couple people that are like their big guys that hopefully Pocky will just keep going in Arizona and they'll get more and more people into it and kids playing it and all that good stuff. So it's definitely good to have those types of players when, you're in a place that people probably don't think about as a, as a hockey state <laughs> for the most part, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's been pretty good for Arizona state. Who's been a team that has pulled off some big upsets. Sometimes they lose some not so great games. So they're kind of in the middle of the road, but they picked up a lot of good transfer this, this past year. So they're pretty good. Uh, I think he's at like 15 points and 19 games played. So he's got pretty decent points production, but still pretty young. So I assume he'll probably play, college here for a little while still but Mm -hmm. we'll see pretty pretty solid prospect though pretty solid prospect all right then we got carson bantle of wisconsin so wisconsin it's so hard to evaluate some of their draft picks we've talked about some of the other ones in the past with other teams and wisconsin just hasn't been a good team in the past few years uh besides you know when cole caulfield was helping them out for a while but otherwise they've had some not so great years here uh in in the past but they've really high level players so it's kind of confusing but Carson Bantle's a big guy, listed at 6'4", uh, forward, and he's from Wisconsin, so he's playing for Wisconsin also. Fifth-round pick a couple years back. Uh, not a points production guy. He has four points in 18 games right now. I think he's a junior. He played a year with Michigan Tech, then transferred to Wisconsin, and it seems like he kind of hasn't like gotten back to where he was in the USHL. He had, he had a pretty good amount of points in the USHL, and he hasn't really gotten to that. Uh, in college but again you have to take that with a grain of salt because he plays for Wisconsin who have not been great the past few years so we'll sort of see what happens with that he's a big guy so I think that definitely helps in the eyes of NHL teams but kind of hard to evaluate him absolutely all right moving on to another forward this is Anthony Romano from Clarkson yeah so five foot eleven pretty average there forward from Ontario six round pick a couple years back he did win the Clark Cup uh in the USHL in juniors so that's mm-hmm. a big thing 
He is a senior this year, but he can opt to play a fifth year. So we'll see if that's in the cards for him at all. Uh, he, he did enter college pretty young, but last year had 28 points in 37 games. So pretty decent points production there. Um, but previously in years past, he didn't have like insane numbers. They were kind of just okay. Uh, this year, it sounded like I think he was. I think he's been hurt. I don't think he's played too many games. He's only played in eight, um, so I think he's been injured, is what I've heard. So again, another player that I'm not quite sure what to think about. He definitely had some good numbers last year, but he could also opt for a fifth year this next year just to keep keep going with his development. There's a lot of guys that have played four years at one place and then transfer somewhere else for their fifth year. So we'll see if that's in the cards for him at all. Um, because he's been good, but I feel like there's still another step he could take. Absolutely. All right, then we move on to a defender. This is Cal Thomas of Minnesota. So six-foot defenseman from Minnesota playing for Minnesota. Six-round pick. So in the later rounds, he's definitely not a, a big points producer guy, and he's not a goal scorer. He gets a lot of his points uh, off of assists, like a lot of other defenders, but uh, pretty good prospect. He doesn't have a ton of points yet this year for Minnesota, but again, I wouldn't expect a lot of points from him. Uh, I think he has plenty of time to develop at Minnesota before he decides to turn pro or tries to go pro. He's more of like that defensive defenseman, again, not going to be putting up like huge flashy numbers or anything, but still, again, probably a solid prospect, but likely has a couple years left to develop in college. Very cool. All right now we got John Farinacci from Harvard. <laughs> yeah, so six foot center. He's from New Jersey. Uh, he's actually related to quite a few hockey people. So he was a third round pick back in 2019. He's had kind of an odd development path. If you look at like his stats, he had a he had a good, pretty good year at Harvard. Then he went back to the USHL, played in played in World Juniors. Then went back to Harvard last year, had 19 points in 29 games, so not too shabby, but also not like super flashy numbers. I think he's a junior then technically, um, but the thing is he's also been injured this year, so I don't think he's even played in a game yet this year. So there's definitely potential there. I mean, third round pick, he's played in some high level games, tournaments, he's put up points, but still you know in college he's been hurt so we haven't been able to really see him this season but he is related to harvard head coach ted donato i think that's his like uncle and then he's related to a lot of the other donatos so some family ties obviously in the sport of hockey but we'll see if we get to see him play uh this year for harvard because i don't believe he's appeared in any games yet oh no definitely all right now we got the uh and then we Moving on from the NCAA to the USHL, where uh, the Coyotes have three prospects, and it starts with Miko Matika of Madison. Yeah, so Miko, I think I've heard it. Is it Matika? Matika? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, he's he's Finnish, so don't okay, worry. Okay, so it's probably it's probably Matika. It. Uh, but yeah, Miko Matika, it's kind of a, a interesting uh, player right now because he is on. I think I saw he was on the preliminary Finland uh, World Junior Cup roster, but he's been lighting it up here this year in the USHL. He plays on one side of the wing, and Quinn Finley's been on the other side, and they've been awesome together. He has 32 points in 21 games, so really, really good uh, point production in the USHL. But it's really confusing because Madison, as a team, has not been very good. So they have like these really elite players, but just the rest of the team, I don't know if they've just not been having the same depth as some of the other teams or what, because they have some really talented players like Miko Matica. 
but he's a Denver commit. He's 19, so still pretty young, but he's 6'3", 201, so a, a bigger guy. Definitely already has good size, and he was a third-round pick this past year. So I think he's a really, really promising prospect, and he's already got a huge load of points uh, in the USHL. Yeah, I mean, his his numbers are nuts. So, I mean, the clearly World Junior roster, crazy numbers in the USHL looking great. All right, Adam Zinka of Sioux Falls. Yeah, so this is uh, another international player, Slovakian, another young player too, 18 years old. And I think Zlinka was also on the Slovakian World Junior Cup roster. Again, I'm not sure if they have more cuts to make or not, but he was on the preliminary one, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's got 11 points in 23 games for Sioux Falls, so not as flashy of numbers or anything like Miko Matica, but he's six feet tall. He was a seventh round pick. So again, pretty good value for a seventh round mm -hmm. pick. I think of Arizona, maybe that's their trend is getting some, some steals in the seventh round. Maybe I guess we'll have to wait and see a few years, but he's committed to play NCAA at Northeastern last I saw. So he's again, has plenty of years still to keep developing, but he's on a, a world junior cup roster, which isn't easy, easy to make, even if you're from, you know, not USA, not Canada. It still takes a lot of work to get onto other countries' rosters, too. That's for sure. I mean, yeah, like you're saying, these seventh-round picks, they're killing it for, <laughs> for the... Uh, I guess so, yeah. Crazy. All right, and then our final prospect is Matt Morden of Muskegon. So this is a big defender from Hamilton, Ontario. Six foot four, so a big guy. Uh, he hasn't quite found production in the USHL quite yet, but... He's still really young. I think he just turned 18 this this last year, so he's got plenty of time. Um, but maybe they saw his size and they're like, you know what? We don't need you to be a huge points producer guy. You can just be sort of like that bigger defensive defenseman. So he's got nine points in 23 games for Muskegon. He's a Harvard commit. I know we've talked about a couple of those guys and was a fifth-round pick uh, this year. So, again, he's still pretty young. I'm sure they're still trying to find sort of his strengths in, in the USHL and see whether he's going to be more of like a point scoring defenseman or if he's going to be more of just that big defensive guy. So mm -hmm. we'll see, but definitely some potential there as well. Crazy. Well, that's what that's the American pipeline is all about, man. It's about potential yes. in your game. Yeah. Um, all right. And speaking of that brings us to the end of the podcast. So we, uh, we are going to be back, not next week, not the week after, um, but we are going to go J Thursday, January 5th will be the next uh, time we record. We'll see. Yeah, tentative. Yeah. Tentative. I mean, we're going to give it some time. Well, yeah. Yeah. World Junior, so. we'll be able to incorporate some World Juniors coverage in there. Uh, give us some time for the holidays to relax. Um, but, you know, until then, I hope this podcast can, can tide you over. And then uh, we'll be back in the new year. Talk about more of the American Pipeline. Sydney, this was great. Enjoy your break. Um, and uh, I'll see you on January 5th tentatively. <laughs>